Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad fo- Oh. I forgot I was on the internet for a minute. You just got called out. That's what she said. You will get made in the meat pies. Yes, come on! Come on. It's pretty absurd. Bad Philosophy. Episode 35. Recorded on June 11, 2009. Intellectual Hedonism. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad philosophy, upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail at a time. This time, we are back in our uh, our old stomping grounds, the digital media studio of the Texas Tech University Library, and uh, we've got some some familiar guests and one new timer. Um, starting out with the uh, with the people who have been here a while, uh, numero uno fanboy Jed Cummins. Hi, I just waved. That was stupid. This is an audio <laughs> recording, so uh, it's okay. Hi. I I appreciate the gesture. Yes. Uh, we've also got stalwart of the show, Kevin Saunders, skyping in from Grapevine. In the uh, youth room of a local church, because the power is out of my house. Yes, I am that dedicated. <laughs> and finally, we've got uh, a newcomer to the show, but one of the one of the original three whom I uh, bounce the whole idea of this podcast off of, Josh Clemens. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> so, Josh, why is, since it's your first time, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I go to Texas Tech, um, studying philosophy, psychology, and I'm getting a minor in English. And uh, other than that, I have no idea what my trajectory is, but I guess that's appropriate for today. Very much so. <laughs> uh, because today on, on Bad Philosophy, we're going to be talking about the meaning of life, possibly the biggest question that anyone could ever ask. Um, <laughs> All along with, is pi truly an irrational number, or is it at some point a rational number? <laughs> does that sequence of digits go off to infinity, or does it at some point round up? Okay. Can we please edit <laughs> out the last number like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Josh, why don't you go ahead and introduce the topic? Uh, it, it relates to a, an area of, of philosophy called what? Uh, teleology. Teleology. Yeah. For, just just for a, for an easy structure for teleology, it would be. Uh, idea of purpose or, or final cause. Mm-hmm. Um, some, some people might be familiar with uh, Aristotle's four causes. Uh, the efficient cause, mm-hmm. uh, material cause, the formal cause, and the final cause. Um, the material and formal are more than anything what a thing is and what its like function is. But right. the uh, efficient causes will be the kind of pushing forces, the kind of billiard ball type right. causes. Right, what can it do? Yeah, well, yeah. What, what caused this thing to happen? Right. Uh, but we also think of a cause like the Crusades or, or, a, uh, or a quest. What is your cause? Mm-hmm. What is your goal in mind? And so the final cause will be something along the, that line will be what is everything moving toward? Um, you know, approximate ends and final ends. And uh, essentially, uh, teleology uh, comes largely from this idea of a final cause. Uh, what is what are what are things moving toward? And so right. there's questions. What is the of, ultimate purpose of right. it all? Right. Right, right. And you you can have teleology in things like a, like a cell phone. What's the purpose of a cell phone? But you also have generally teleology that there's teleology in the universe that mm-hmm. there's uh, kind of moving towards something. Gotcha. So Jed, it looks like you're a little bit confused about this. <laughs> why don't you why don't you go ahead and flesh out your thoughts? So is teleology. Like the purpose for of the final purpose of humanity in general is it a single person? Like, 
define further. It, well, and, and it can be on different levels. I think is what Josh was right. getting at. Is uh, there there is sort of that you have you have finite spheres of, of teleology. You could say, what's the purpose of the world? Uh, what's the purpose of, of the human race? What's the purpose? What's my purpose? Uh, but you can also ask sort of what is the purpose of the universe? What is okay. the what is the meaning of it all? So I guess for us to discuss what the purpose or meaning of life is, we mm-hmm. would have to define what we kind mean what by life. Is, if yeah. we mean my life, do we mean humanity in general? Or what do you mean my life, Chad? Well, <laughs> we're, it is always about you. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think in, in this, when when people usually ask, what, what is the meaning of life? It's it, it is kind of a, a personal. What is the meaning of my life? You know, what's the what's the purpose of me being here in the world right now? What am I moving towards? You know, why why should I live? Um, I think fewer people kind of ask. You know, well, what's they they step back and go, well, what is the purpose of everything? Um, me included, or even me excluded from the equation? What is all this moving toward? Uh, that's kind of the the meta meta teleology if you will. <laughs> and I would say that, that it's, a, it's a question that has puzzled man from the very beginning of time, uh, before he could even properly really? formulate the question, probably. Do you think so? Because uh, with, with my understanding of, say, uh, Maslow's hierarchy, it's a situation where, you know, if I'm starving, I don't care what the bigger purpose in life is. I care about getting my next meal. I care about killing that saber-toothed tiger and enjoying a big saber-toothed tiger steak. Mm. <laughs> it, that's, that's my purpose. Now, is it a bigger purpose? Is it a worldwide purpose? No. Do I even care that that's my purpose? No. I care about that next saber-toothed steak. Well, right. you can't say that, that, I mean, even in those cases, I would say there are moments where, the, where primitive man was having his his saber-toothed steak and happened to look up at the stars and you know he might not have been able to formulate the thought but at some point he probably wondered you know why are there stars you know why am i here and not there why why am why am i versus not that is that is built into maslow's hierarchy of needs as well as kevin points out like Mm -hmm. the uh the idea of, of Maslow's hierarchy, those are the lower parts of the hierarchy. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Within Maslow's hierarchy, there's there's the idea of self-actualization. That's so the it's, highest. It's, yeah. it's, it's ordered to something. Like, it's moving towards something. And so what's the thing that it's moving toward? For him, it was self-actualization, which might be um, a larger number of um, self-transcendent experiences where you get outside of yourself or, or something along the lines uh, or more high, higher faculty Enjoyments. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when you feel bad about killing a saber-toothed tiger before you eat it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or you make a play about uh, a bunch of people who kill saber-toothed tigers and, and think about the moral implications. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, stealing that. It's mine. You can't do anything with it. <laughs> right. Um, well, so I, I guess what, what we're kind of getting at with this episode is: are, are we going to uh, are we going to try to come up with a meaning of life, or, or rather, just discuss uh, some possibilities that people have put forward? I mean, the, the question itself um, is usually kind of a, a sneered at most of the time. When we're talking mm. about the meaning of life, oh, well, what are these guys talking about? Right. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that it's always been that way in history. I think maybe... The kind of the, the so big as to be yeah, trivial. Like when, when, did it, when did it happen hmm. that it became a trivial question? Because everybody essentially takes some sort of stance on it. Anytime right. we make any decision, we, we in some way take a trajectory. Well, we take a trajectory as you would say, trajectory on the meaning of our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, no, we no. also try to dictate the meaning of the lives of others in many cases, or we we use those opportunities where people ask the question to kind of plant ideas in their mind. You know, well, why in the meaning? right direction? Yeah, exactly. So, in, in in some sense, you know, we do we do it for others as well as for ourselves. I mean, the idea of politics would be that. Um, yeah. I mean, anytime we get together and have a civilization, the the idea of progress is is large largely. You know, part of our culture, mm-hmm. and we feel like we have to be moving towards. You, something. you have to assume that you're yeah. pro- progressing; otherwise, you're not really making progress. You just mm-hmm. run in a circle, and you call it progress. Well, when it's really mo- we, we we call things progress, but oftentimes the goal is not clearly stated or even understood. We want to get better, smarter, faster, but there's not an end game in place. To what purpose? There's not right? a point where, um, you know, we're we're going to get, you know. I, I like my caveman analogy, so I'm going to go back to it. You know, I need to be smarter than the than the saber-toothed tiger. I need to be faster than the saber-toothed tiger so I can eat it. That's that's a goal in mind. But a lot of things that we do nowadays, we want them because we can have them and because we think we can get them. We want them as an ends and of themselves. You know, do I need a two terabyte hard drive? But no, but I'm glad they're out there so I can go get one. Yeah, <laughs> they and certainly make prog- life a little easier. <laughs> And that's and that's can easily be considered progress nowadays. Mm-hmm. Right, this movement toward the to the practical rather than the maybe speculative, as well. Um, There's more look to that uh, to the the near term uh, cause, the near term purpose, right? Right, like something something more along the lines of making sure you have all the basics. Yeah. And then now with the with the increase in technology, going beyond the basics, making even the basics that much easier and that much uh, I mean basically just allowing ourselves to be extremely lazy <laughs> oftentimes the, uh, the greatest the greatest amount of pleasure for the least expenditure of energy yeah right. and, and, I picture the, the floating chairs in Wally yeah which I actually just watched again last night fantastic film yeah Jed it looks like you're watched, about to say something well I was just going to point out that I think Kevin brought up a point that's worth revisiting that Often we do, you know, have this ultimate end goal of let's let's have some sort of progress, mm-hmm. but we don't ever set up any, you know, we don't set up a actual finite measurable goal or any like. Often, it's not even an agreed upon standard of oh we've achieved progress mm. at, at any of any sort. It's oh well you know this this is science that we're doing for the sake of science you know right. or, you know we're going to invent little nanobots to you know why because they're cool or you know i'm usually admittedly, to, nanobots are pretty cool they are pretty <laughs> i i feel they're pretty cool but yeah. there may be those out there that don't and you know i think that you know if we're going to be talking about the meaning of life on a global scale maybe that's a conversation that you know or at least something yeah, that needs to be fleshed out from well, and on a global scale, you're going to get a lot of differing opinions on that. I mean, for, for many people, the, the meaning of life is tied intimately to uh, some sort of spiritual pursuit. Um, certainly here in America, if you were to ask a large majority of the population, you know, what's the, what's the purpose of your life? It's, well, to get into heaven or to, you know, to be a good person or something along those lines, to be, to be an instrument of God, to be righteous, such and so. Right. Um, something, something along our religious grounds. And very, I mean, very much through history, religion has played that role as the the being the answer to the big questions. So, you know, why am I here? What's my purpose? How should I act toward the world? Um, 
And recently, though, we've, we've started to see some other possibilities creep in. Um, certainly science offers its own sort of purpose. You know, it's, it's advancement toward the singularity for some people. It's, you know, simply gaining all possible knowledge that we can about the universe. Um, well, that would be more of a philosophy of science, though, wouldn't it be? No, okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> for those that don't know, what, what would the singularity be? Oh, well, we, uh, we discussed this on the virtual reality episode, but I guess it bears talking about it again. Um, the singularity is sort of a, it's a predicted point in the future when technology advances at, at such a high rate as to become, as, as so much that we merge with technology, essentially, that human consciousness and um, synthetic consciousness become one. And at this point, things just go off the deep end or, or out into the stratosphere, however you want to say it, but it's, it's sort of a perfection of society or a, an ultimate purpose to which all of, all of our advancement is moving. Okay. That's, um, a, that's a difficult thing, too, because you said like uh, emerging of, of consciousness, right? Sure. Which that's all strewn with difficulties as it is. It could be, um, depending on what depending philosophy on of you. mind you take. <laughs> but at the same time, it's a, it's, a subject, it's a subject matter in a large majority of fields. If, if mm-hmm. there's a lack of integration in fields right now, consciousness as an object of study could actually be um, something that kind of merges together because psychology, uh, neurology, yeah. um, physics... Philosophy. Everybody's dealing with it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of th- that question of what is mind and how do we deal with it is certainly being approached from a lot of different directions. <laughs> um, and and we really haven't solved the problem yet. The the whole singularity predictions are a few futurists looking at graphs of the frequency of of big events, big advances in in society and in technology, um, kind of speeding up. And then predicting kind of when the graph will just go. Yeah, yeah mathematically. So basically, it's a human extension of Moore's law. Yeah, so exactly. saying that yeah. you know, ah, at sure. this point, you know, technology doubles oh, in God. speed and mm-hmm. is halved in price every eighteen months, yeah. according to Moore's law. Yeah. So well, it's basically it's actually said that Moore said not in his law, but you know, said at one point that there actually is a, a top out point to that. Um, I don't know if we've hit it. I've not been keeping track. Well, we, I, I think it's becoming harder to judge now because Moore's Law originally predicted the, the number of transistors on a single chip. Yes. And, and that's, that's all it talked about. It was talking about the number of, of transistors on a chip doubling every 12 to 18 months. And mm. what we've got nowadays is, is they've hit sort of a, a physical barrier with that, yes. Um, like a quantum mechanical. As a, yeah, you're making it so small that you can't really make the transistors any smaller. You have to make the chip bigger, or you have to use multiple cores in order to achieve advances in speed. But now it's it's become a lot muddier. I mean, ever since you know Pentium stopped using gigahertz ratings uh, as the primary um, delineation of their models, because uh, it it just didn't it didn't. Uh, Really reflect the actual performance of the chip anymore. Um, so nowadays they use they use other benchmarks. They use you know ability to do certain tasks faster, and that you could say is still sort of doubling every 12 to 18 months. But we're we are sort of leveling out. We're getting to that point where computers are about as fast as we need them to be for for most tasks, and uh, you know we don't need to 
encode an MP3 in 10 seconds well, versus 12. You say like you that. say need, but it depends on what you mean by need. Uh, okay. If it's moving toward the singularity, then we do need them to go faster, right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, and certainly supercomputers still are, are advancing pretty uh, pretty substantially. Um, yeah, we're creating we're creating machines that can do stuff that was unimaginable right. almost five years ago. Um, but I think Moore's law, as as it was explicitly articulated, has definitely run its course. And certainly, the the number of transistors on a ship are not doubling every twelve to eighteen months anymore. That's just not what's going on. Now, circling back to the original topic with with human progress and kind of what Jed was saying originally is, do do you think there's a point that will hit pre singularity? When when we'll do that? When we'll kind of top out? You know, when we'll we'll hit a a point that is we we plateau. It's it doesn't become possible, and we end up. You know, we go to outer space and we talk to all the aliens that we find out there, and they're all about the same place, and we've kind of just determined that you know what, this is what we get. Okay, no singularity, mm-hmm. but we got to do what we can. Very yeah. possibly, and I think I think the whole idea of a singularity itself makes a lot of presuppositions. I mean. First and foremost, the, the fact that trends are going to, to follow a very predictable pattern. And if there's anything that we have learned about human beings over the past five, six, ten thousand years on, it's that uh, we are a very unpredictable race. <laughs> well, I mean, look at the stock market, which, yeah. I mean, in theory could be very predictable. I mean, it's a... Yeah, go sense, watch Pi, Jed. Yes, I yeah. <laughs> I, I lent it to Stephen, in fact. Did uh, quite enjoy that. What is it, a 216-digit number? Right? Yeah. Well, I tried I mean, to memorize it, but... I would say that it kind of uh, takes kind of a deterministic viewpoint about human behavior yeah. and, and everything else, too. And and if that's the case, then really the question about meaning and, and teleology only matters in so much as we know where we're going, not so much that we could actually change where we're going or... Yeah. Or actually make progress happen, rather than just going to happen, <laughs> you know, regardless of our of our choices. And I think progress is very human driven. I mean, we we kind of have to be the we have to be the progress we're seeking. Um, it's not it's not just going to go on without us putting constant energy into it and, and putting more and more energy. But we're seeing. I, I can already see that we're sort of moving that direction. Every generation has got to push the envelope. Um, we're learning things earlier and earlier now. Um, the the fact that, that most of us get, get training in um, certain methods of chemistry in high school now would have you know was not in the, the case twenty years ago. Um, the level of math that they're teaching in undergraduate um, engineering degrees, for instance, is pretty sophisticated compared to you know what my dad went through. But it's still not advancing quite as rapidly as some of these futurists were predicting. Um, a lot of them predicted that we'd be singularity by now, back in like the 1990s. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, of course, during the dot-com boom and everything when it looked like the sky was the limit. <laughs> uh, but Here's, here's something that's kind of an interesting point um, that, that is kind of an example of how we do have to keep putting effort into it continuously. Whether or not progress is being made, we have to continue putting effort into it um, even to stay where we are, you know, yeah. we have to run to just stay stationary, um, and that's the situation that I'm in right now. Um, last night, about seven o'clock, uh, the power went out in my block, like my neighborhood, and we've been down ever since then. And there was this sort of this this period from about you know nine o'clock until sundown, where you know people were just sort of kind of creeping out of their houses, looking around. All the rain had stopped, at least temporarily. 
because um, we had the big thunderstorm, and people were just kind of wandering around in the neighborhood, just kind of looking at all the damage and stuff, because we had nothing else we could do. You know, we lost our, our power, and we lost our both literally in the fact that we don't have um, electricity, but that we can't do anything anymore. And so we're, we're resorting to just kind of wandering around aimlessly because <laughs> like we can't even... Yeah, I mean, not, not quite like zombies, but, you know, I saw most of my neighbors out walking around. And it, we all seem to come out at about the same time, which is kind of creepy. I think it's just we've been sitting in our house for so long, you know, with no power that we got bored. And so we had to go see what this whole outside world was about. <laughs> Going back to Wally, it kind of reminds me of the moment where he's, he's sort of ambling around the ship and happens to accidentally deactivate one person's little screen on their chair. Mm-hmm. And she's just instantly amazed by the world around her. Um, one of the first things she says is, I didn't know we had a pool. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, one of the biggest rooms on the ship. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of that idea of, you know, we get so entrenched in, mm. in routines in our, our world that we don't really realize that well, there's a lot of stuff going on around us. And a lot of times it's in the name of, of progress, of doing sure. you know, something more, better, faster. It's, uh, it's as though we've been building better and better compound bows, and we have no idea where the target is. Yeah, right. But we're going to really focus on that bow, because it's right here and right now. We're making progress, but we just don't know where we're going to shoot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what's the trajectory, again? So I very much so. doubt, though, that there's, there's going to be some challenge that the human race faces that involves you know, needing to use all of the, the YouTube browsing skills that we've developed right. and all of the, the social media <sighs> connections and everything. <laughs> but even, 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 even love a situation where YouTube saved the world. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty epic. <laughs> um, even, even though with, with all the progress that we make as a society, and maybe not taking society in a trajectory one way or another, at least what society does for an individual... Um, perhaps the, I mean, what 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 purpose can does all this serve for individuals? Uh, what is it that even in individual purpose mm-hmm. can we find, or just generally, what is a, a human purpose? Um, happiness, or it would be kind of an Aristotelian view. Very like, basic purpose, um, yeah. And um, but I, I think that uh, like I mean, there's kind of a hopelessness with regard to the question as well in today's kind of society and our culture. Is it almost that there are, there are too many answers to the question, so there aren't really any good answers? Well, I think that, like, something, I forget whether, I think Kevin brought it up, um, about Maslow's I hierarchy. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's mo- at its most basic level, Maslow's hierarchy is about staying alive. And yeah. I think that that's, I mean, if you if we were to sit down as a human race, you know, just ask all six or wherever in between six and seven billion of us that we have here i think that that would be a pretty universally agreed upon thing is to to continue to live but once we've got that then what but we don't yeah we i mean you will die we die yeah (laughs) i will die someday maybe um so a kind of immortality thing. Yeah, yeah no, one, that, that's, one that's of the been, things been is, is some sometime in the future we will figure out how to replenish our bodies to the extent where we will not die. Um, and at that moment we will that's have a big population. Part of the yeah, that's yeah. a big part of the singularity is immortality. Uh, because once you have immortality, you cease to have you, you just wrap population growth just explodes. You cease to have um, space to to keep everyone. Um, <laughs> you end up having the entirety of human knowledge always there all the time. Um, the, the incentive to reproduce kind of goes away. Why do yeah. we need more kids? Yeah. We've got us. 
<laughs> right. So weird things happen in that case, uh, but it will. I mean, one day we will reach immortality. And I think we should clarify that most, in most, uh, ish, I guess, uh, instances of people talking about the singularity, it's not necessarily that we've reached immortality. It's that we figured out a way to essentially download in our, our brain and mm. our consciousness into another clone. Um, into some sort of a medium other than a body. Uh, or a medium other than a body. Right. I got. I got to come to the question with. Well, if I. I mean, I, I imagine myself in that situation, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to be immortal in the world as it is. You want to die at some point. Uh, continual progress it, toward just immortality by itself is really not very fulfilling. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that the one reason I'm not fulfilled right now is because I'm not immortal. Okay. Well, no, there are probably a lot of other reasons, but. You, you see what I'm saying? Being, yeah, but, but would but immortality aid you to get in that? I'm not sure. Well, it's a situation where, um, at at that point, you know, if if we were to imagine another fictional Maslow's hierarchy, you're at a point where you've got okay, we've hit immortality, we've hit that need. What's the next need? And there will be one because we're never satisfied. Um, that's yeah. something that we've we've seen historically because we always we are always moving about progress. So even if we hit a goal, we we say, okay, we've we've climbed Everest. Now what's the next tallest mountain? <laughs> yeah, you know, where can I go true. from there? From glory into glory. Um, right. And so, yeah. I think there's a, there's a more powerful and inherent need that we're trying to fulfill through this measure of progress. And you know, people have tried lots of different things to do it. But I would not be surprised to see you know, if we got more immortality in that in that sort of a sense, in the singularity sense, if suicides became incredibly popular. Yeah, because it is. I mean, you look at one of the things mm-hmm. I remember always is a, there was a Star Trek episode, uh, Voyager actually, where they they met the Qs, which are they're like immortal, kind of almost godlike beings uh, in the Star yeah. Trek universe, but they're they're not they're omnipotent. And they're omniscient, but they're not really wholly good. Uh, they they put up a lot of mischief. But one of the one of the cues um, comes to the Voyager crew and he says, "I want to die." And the cues don't want to let him do this because you know no cue has ever died. The, the very definition of what it is to be a cue, the the essence of a cue mm-hmm. is to be immortal. Um, but he says he kind of takes him through this this demonstration of a fictional world where he's. He's like, I've done everything. I've, you know, I've sat on the chair. I've read the magazines. I've walked down the road. I've done everything that, that anyone could possibly do because for them time is infinite. Um, so mm-hmm. they, they, really, they really have done everything. And he's like, the only thing I, I have not done is to cease to exist, to die. Yeah. And I feel like that, that is a, a possibility that would happen because you know, if you're immortal, you have infinite time to figure out how to be omnipotent and at that point you can do pretty much everything <laughs> yeah except die except die and so and, you know and, those who and those i think who that's something then, that will happen you know if we had a singularity situation i don't i don't know that everyone will do it but there there will be a number of people that will say okay i've lived for 16,000 years i'm bored <laughs> yes. because because we haven't, we, if you hit the singularity, you're going to, you're going to, progress won't stop necessarily, but it's going to be 
different, and it'll be will hit have hit a, a technological plateau. Technology's been a big thing, arguably since the first caveman picked up the first rock and hit the first saber-toothed tiger in the head with it. Yeah, that was the beginning of technology, and and we've been building on that ever since. And and with singularity being kind of the end of technology, the end of using tools that people will will say, well, okay, I'm done. Way to go. We did it. I, I can know. do all these other things until I run out, and then I'm done. Let's see what's on the other side, if there is another side. Yeah, exactly. Know? And I think, I think what they might do in, in some cases is go, let's start the cycle over again. I mean, this is sort of the end of Battlestar Galactica. They were like, you know, we have all this technology. We have all these, these, these interstellar ships. I'm sorry, I'm ruining the end for you, Jed. But they... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, douche. Just close your ears, Jed. Just close your ears. Um, okay, I won't put it in the context of Battlestar, but sort of um, reaching the end and going, well, why don't we just why don't we just go back to basics? Why don't we just start things over with, um, you know, why don't we seed life on a world? Why don't we just, you know, all either I'll, I'll kill ourselves or I'll kill ourselves except for a few, and then start things over again, and just you know let a new let a new branch of people. So Make very it much to this point. The, you know, combining a post singularity fiction with you know a pandemic, yeah, almost, where of, it wipes out everyone. And, but they willingly wipe themselves out okay. because they're like, no, you know, a civilization can't exist like this. Um, you know, what pro- when progress becomes impossible, then the only thing to do is go back to zero. But it's still, but but still, even 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 retaining zero still seems to try to hold on to some sort of inherent value in living at all. And if it's living just for the sake of running around in circles, I don't see anything but maybe like a... So you think even like that a, situation like, would only yeah, put it off a little bit more? One yeah. with Brahman or something. I don't know, man. Like, it's time to go <laughs> it is, Buddhist it. Is it is a very Hinduistic idea, yeah. It really is. And, and, and honestly, like, like that's, that's, that's my, my one issue with, uh, with the Eastern religions is... is if, they if just that's keep all going it around is, the circles, why, why even be compassionate? Why, like, what, what's the motivation to to live a moral moral life? To, to get off the wheel, man. To to jump off the hamster wheel. Right. That's that's the motivation. And and yet, to, uh, to go back guess, and kind of kind of clarify this a little bit more. It, well, in, in the Hindu religion, there's this idea of the wheel of samsara, which is the wheel of birth and rebirth. Um, reincarnation is a very integral part of the Hindu faith, and it basically says that y- you have lived forever in a variety of bodies. You know, your your soul, your uh, your jiva, transfers from from one body to another. It's it's reborn every time you die, somewhere else in the universe, um, and that the purpose of life sort of is to to do things that will get you off of the wheel um, to escape. It's called moksha or liberation, um, and part of that is meditation. Um, part of that is is using the karma, which sets you up to where you are right. at that point. To then um, approach the world in a in a positive way, and the idea is that the universe has existed forever, and it keeps going around in these cycles, and there are various lengths of names aside to the lengths of, of cycles, but that everyone who lives has lived before, has lived an infinite number of lives, and at some point as, will escape as humans, as anything, uh, like. A molecule, like what? Well, no, at one point, as, as a as a being. I mean, it, it's kind so of so like out a plant. As, you could be no. You could you be a just, cow. You could be a cow. You could be a bug. You could be a bird. So something we would generally, I mean, like generally classify as an animal. Yeah, and the fact is, something like, alive. If you uh, well, plants, I would 
argue that people would say that they are they have an alive or dead. Property. But they don't have they don't have a mind really or a conscious. See, it's a question. Well, but of, then you could argue. See, I, I, that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to go too far into this because that but would no, become a. But the idea is that no. that yeah. That, what that if what if society sees this? You know, we get to that point where we're immortal and we're like, well, maybe this is the purpose of everything. To just now, it's we got to go around the track again. And I guess I guess the what I was what I was getting at with, with frustration with that is, is a motivational issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're more motivation. We're motivated to some sort of. Goal or oriented towards something. If it's getting off the wheel, okay, that's kind of that is sort of a crappy. linear goal, though. Um, yeah, but I mean, e- even that, like, it, think think of it in the sense of reincarnation. It would be okay. Well, I'm I've forgotten everything all my other lives, you know. Yeah. So why am I going to be motivated right now to do something <laughs> I don't want to do? Whenever I'm not going to remember doing this in my next life, I don't mind being a bug. Because I'm not gonna have, I'm not gonna remember this. And <laughs> does yeah. that make any sense? See, they would, they would basically say that you're being rather short-sighted with it, and you should you should take into account the that you know you should do whatever you can to set yourself up for a, a better chance Future next success. time. Should yeah, yeah exactly. These, right. these oughts, these How? shoulds. I don't know that I, I accept the goal. <laughs> well, I mean, contrast right it contrast right it with the it goal with the goal that you accept. I mean, uh, it's just procrastination, is all. All right, so. You know? What's a what's a better one in your in your opinion then, Josh? Um, well, I, I was going with the Aristotelian happiness. Okay, so um, you're you're not a fan of the whole like righteousness, trying to get into heaven sort of a thing. Or? I am, but I, I and it's it, I would I would frame it in a different way than the common, <laughs> um, maybe egoistic. Oh, totally, uh, totally egoistic kind of view. Um, I, I would I would think that. Well, yeah, pursue. but your goal is supposed to be to get into heaven without wanting to get into heaven consciously. Well, not necessarily, not necessarily. <laughs> I, I think that there, there can be a reciprocity in it, and actually, the, the the very idea of reciprocity would 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 highlight it. That I can I can desire my own happiness and <laughs> to obtain some object that's worthy in itself. Um, but paradoxically enough, that I, I I wouldn't as long as I'm focusing on my happiness, I can't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, there's been a distinction made by I don't remember what philosopher it was, but he talks about the con- the, the contemplated and the enjoyed, okay? Oh, or yeah. rather, rather something apprehended and something that you actually you know have the delight in. Mm-hmm. And as, as long as you're pursuing delight, you get wrapped up in your own subjective feelings. Rather, you try to find something of, of intrinsic value, and you go outside of yourself in kind of an ecstasy, almost, uh, to to obtain to, to that value. And whenever you've grasped it, the the object that's worthy, then uh, the delight comes as a byproduct naturally. Well, it seems like it kind of presupposes intrinsic value, though. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do you again? How do you agree upon? What something is worth, and exactly. or what doing something should should is it inherently good or not? And mm-hmm. that's a that's a fairly tough thing. Which I I think that I would not be a decent Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan if I did not bring up that um, in that series of novels, uh, <laughs> the meaning of life, yeah, is forty two. That's uh, after a. Big, uh, you know, they create a computer that creates another computer that eventually figures out that when they ask it, the what's the what's the meaning of life? It says forty-two, yeah. which I think o- almost is, you know, there's been a lot of theory and speculation over it, but to, what that means to me is that we're asking the wrong question. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, if you don't have some sort of intrinsic value or something that's absolutely good. Um, 
well, how do you measure any good? And if you can't measure other goods, how do you orient your decisions? But can't you? I mean, I think you can measure what's good to you, but it's mm -hmm. hard to. Humans aren't great on agreeing. I think we've figured that out thus far in our existence. I think we can agree about that. Yeah. <laughs> can I just add one thing real quick? Yeah. Uh, I, I want to just interrupt this because I, I thought this was the case and I just checked it. Um, to even out nerd Jed with your whole 42 thing, um, the creators of Dungeons and Dragons um, put on particular page 42 of the Dungeon Master Guide in their new edition um, actions that don't cover the rules because for, you know, in the game, if you have a question that doesn't have an answer anywhere else in the book, go to page 42, because that is the final answer. <laughs> really? That's, that's, that's very cool. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, one of the designers mentioned that, because that's the answers to life, the universe, and everything. Yeah. Uh, that's just, yeah. But no, we can't agree on anything, so. Well, I mean. I would agree with it's you. A, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big question, but I, I don't think that, that uh, the pursuit of it has really... I think it's just fallen out of habit of pursuing it. Do you think it's it, I think it's yeah, a worthy I just, thing? Yeah, like, do you think we should? Even I think it's ask the I question? think it's the only worthy thing. Um, <laughs> that it's 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 the it's a major question that if we can't agree on it, we can't make any progress toward anything. Right. Um, because I, I I really don't think that man can make values. But, but here's the deal, though. Like going back to the practical argument, if we can never really answer the question, or or not, if we can't answer it satisfactorily in a relatively short period of time we could be missing the opportunity to do a lot of advancement that would put us in a position to be able to answer it at some future point. So we might just say, well, what, it's better to just put the question off and try to advance as far as we can, and someday in the future, maybe once we get to the point where we're immortal, we'll have all the time in the world to think about it. Whereas we don't have all the time in the world to think about it right now. <laughs> well, here's kind of an off-the-wall thought. Is the purpose, or could the purpose of man be to find the purpose of man? And that's why we have this big discussion. <laughs> that's why these, these are these things. I mean, that's, that's to some extent, that's what it is. And it's, I think it's kind of what you said. Well, didn't Josh? we just find it then? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Kind of a seeking you will find. Now, everyone in the universe has to listen to this podcast. Yeah, I mean, that, that was one of the answers, too. I mean, the, the, the meaning of life is. The search for the meaning of life. Oh gosh! You know, so it's, it's like an infinite of, regress there. It, it is. I mean, it's an infinite regression. It doesn't really get you anywhere. Um, that's the kind of regression I like. Yeah, I'm like, as a programmer, I I like infinite loops. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, infinite loops for the win. No, I, I, and 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 what what you're saying though too is is trying to find the answer to get to it is still part of the pursuit of the meaning of life. Right, but it isn't the meaning both, in and of itself. Both intellectually and in the will. I mean, in, in your actual progress, you're moving toward it because you, it kind of presupposes a, a degree of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we all have that degree of knowledge in some ways simply because we ask. I mean... True. Um, I mean, the fact that we have the capacity to ask this question at all is, for a lot of people, is an indicator of, of our intellectual prowess of our of our dominion uh, so in the role of if when you become self-aware and can ask why you're there yeah. therefore you are is that the definition of living or i mean it's for some it's the definition of intelligent life okay um that that ability to evaluate oneself in the third person and to kind of with that sort of stuff though i i just say intelligence is what intelligence is is self-identifying if I mean, it's it's kind of 
you know, an abstraction of the Turing test in that something is an artificial or a real intelligence or whatever because it looks like a real intelligence, which is, you know, a little wonky, but it makes sense to me. Well, I don't know. That that's sort of a recursive definition though, but the it is. The well, definition but everything is. Turing's test is recursive. It is. Like yeah. it's hey, sit, you know, I'm going to sit in a room with a chat client and we're going to put a computer that's hooked up to a chat client and another yeah. one and you figure out if do you think this is human? Okay, good. Test yeah. done. But but the definition I was trying to put forward was was one of you know, so, something is intelligent if and only if it has the ability to step outside of itself and evaluate itself, which, which requires, which that? does How? not require that there be another intelligence. It simply, I mean, because um, obviously the first intelligence was able to do this, and no one could, could go and say, "Well, this is like this intelligence." It's it's a little more of a concrete way to, to put about it, but again, but that's that's an unprovable way because there's no way to to check them because I can check other things and I can say, well, that looks like it's doing that, but what if it's just programmed to look like that? Yeah, but there is a fact of the matter in that case. There's you're not you're not making it a subjective judgment. There's still whether the thing looks like it is able to it's evaluate subje- itself or not. It's an objective judgment, it, it, but you can't make an objective judgment about it. You could ask you, it. it. It could be intelligent. Well, I can ask a chatbot, are you alive? And if it's programmed to say yes, it says yes. That's, that's a subjectivity. Whether or not it is intelligent, you cannot make an objective judgment about it. Uh, it passes Turing's test, but you... I mean, that's just a test that we Give me an objective created. test of intelligence. <laughs> Outside of because because yours isn't yours isn't an objective test. Now, I, I think can look no, at myself, I think it would be it I would be an objective test to, to say that you know if if it's to observe it and see if it starts you know ask you know trying to come up with the meaning of life or evaluate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're also talking about talk, like objectively checking on some other subject that we could or might or may not be intelligent. That's very difficult. I yeah, mean, I guess so. I mean, especially coming to any kind of certainty with it. I mean, just take like the whole Cartesian idea. I, I would have an easier time making a decent argument for the existence of God rather than trying to prove to anybody or to trying to prove to myself that anybody's that you exist. here. Yeah, no, no, proving that I <laughs> yeah. exist is easy. <laughs> I well, think therefore, I am. Or is it? But but um, oh, no. All I, you can I, say I, is relatively. there's thinking going on. <laughs> right. Well, I can't. I can't make a distinction between, or I can. I can at least see a duality. Of subject-object distinction that I say, I, I can say that there's thinking. I'm thinking about thinking. Uh, I'm thinking, thinking itself. Oh God! I just said I'm God according to the Aristotelian idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, no. Like, um, but but thought, thinking itself. Okay, that, that's that's fine. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, uh With but with with regard to our subject, I don't really think that being able to check and see if something else is intelligent isn't as important as just making a distinction generally about intelligence. Um, if we look at the at animals versus humans, what makes the distinction? Mm-hmm. Um, is, it, is it the ability to think abstractly, to step outside oneself and, and to see that there is a self that I'm, uh, that, to, to think uh, and to reflect upon, like basically metacognition in a way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but... Um, if, if that's, I can tell we're starting to lose Jed here. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure you define things. I'm as sorry, you know. sorry. Meta, metacognition. Um, uh, thinking th- about thinking, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
if, if we say that there's some difference in humanity than maybe animals or something like that, mm-hmm. that's fine. Uh, why? What, what is, the, is that maybe where the purpose is, our, our function is? Well, a lot of people have said that... that this higher faculty of thought? Yeah, and kind of bringing it back to the whole question of meaning of life and everything, too, a lot of people have put it in terms of, well, everything else is, is a part of the purpose for us. Like, the world is, the world is meant to support us and to support our progress. But what if we ourselves are also part of the progress for something or someone else? Right. Um, that's that's a possibility yeah. no, that I mean, everyone always absolutely. considers. Absolutely. Well, I mean, also, we're kind of assuming a progress too. I mean, if you think the evolutionary idea, there's a couple ways you could look at evolution. And, yeah. Was and were one we of the, the whole the, purpose of the universe? One of the big <laughs> issues with evolution, though, is that it takes out teleology. That there is no need for final cause, mm. even though explanations are formed in the way of. We have these faculties in order to, uh, for the four F's, all right? Everything right. in the mind is for the four F's, for feeding, for fighting, for uh, fleeing, and for reproducing. Um, I just uh, say it already. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, the but, internet. But that, that's, 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 those, are, those are pure practical things, you know, that, that everything's oriented toward that. And right. it's oriented toward that not because of a, of a, of a teleology, but because of efficient causes for causes behind not moving toward anything but just mm-hmm. random chances have built this and because of the way random chance works it builds it in such a way that, that it has is, a function you know what you're that getting is at is, is something good there is an, an inherent assumption in the question what is the meaning of life that there is a meaning yeah <laughs> we're assuming that there is a meaning and that we can know it um, yeah, but what I could go all existentialist one? on you. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't. I don't think nihilist. Why, why sure don't you? Why don't you? Yeah. Why don't we go down that route? I mean, that's that's a possibility we haven't covered. We it is, but I'm not feeling it today. So, <laughs> yeah, no nihilism is no fun. <laughs> well, but it's a legitimate possibility. Um, I mean, we can't just we can't just it ignore is. it. And I think I think that uh, I think you would have to be uh, if it, if it were true. If it were true, I, I would, and, and I was convinced of it, I would literally be a hedonist, and, and like Freud, I would just kill myself with uh, painkillers <laughs> at the end of my life whenever I didn't want to deal with it. Well, anymore. or you could, be, you could be a partial nihilist, too. You could say, well, no, maybe there's no ultimate purpose, but there but, is a purpose for me, or there is some purpose for the Yeah, like race. my purpose could be your four Fs, you know? Like, that yeah. could be good enough for me. It doesn't... I, you know, I, I think that that is a very good point is that just because there isn't a purpose for everyone, I, f- I feel good about being here for now. Right. You know? Because, because it's, just because there, it may not be completely universal, universal in scope yeah. doesn't mean that a given purpose couldn't be significant. Right. Um, and, you know, that, that's, uh, you that's say more significant. a lot of, okay, uh, but at least enough, enough of an enough, answer for us. Enough, enough, to, enough to make me do certain things. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, that there's enough to motivate me not to commit suicide right now. If I, didn't, if I thought there was no meaning, like, I don't think I would have, have well, it. Well, no meaning for suicide. you or no meaning for, for everything? Well, I mean, no meaning for everything. And, and the idea of meaning for me requires a meaning for the outside of me to some degree. Uh, unless, I, unless I'm making it. And if I'm making a meaning, like if I'm making something, I know that I'm making it. I'm conscious of that. Mm-hmm. And so let's say I, I make the meaning of my life to take care of my family. Okay? Yeah. That's noble enough. We, we think that it's noble, but you couldn't even call it noble anymore. <laughs> okay. It's still arbitrary. Um, you could call it significant. It's still arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, it's still mine and not anybody else's. But if, if, I, if I'm going to take care of them I, and I say thick and thin, it doesn't mean thick and thin. 
it means I'm going to take care of them as long as I keep that as my meaning. And mm-hmm. as, long, as soon as it becomes comfortable, there's no incentive at all not to be selfish and to detriment whenever I well, don't want to do it. Well, then then your your sort of your meta meaning there is is doing what's comfortable. So if it's uh, if something becomes discomfortable, then it, yeah. it loses its its uh, whatever its motivates its purpose. Yeah, whatever motivates and gives incentive to a. Well, and I think pleasure. I mean, is is a very basic purpose. Well, I'd be a hedon. Uh, he- I, I hedonism is a hard thing to defeat. I mean, uh, you almost have to defeat it by saying, well, there is some sort of external purpose that overrides your own. Uh, want for pleasure, their see, own quest see, for even, comfort. Even John Stuart Mill, though, has a distinction between the regular pleasures, the bodily pleasures, and so mm-hmm. on, and the higher faculty pleasures, the intellectual pleasures. Okay. And I think that there's something to that because whenever you go high enough in the faculties, you go beyond practicality and you go toward thinking about things for the sake of thinking about things. Yeah. This this podcast would be a perfect example of such an exercise. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and this so, is exactly yeah, what they mean by intellectual hedonism. This, this, totally, <laughs> this totally doesn't serve the four Fs at all. <laughs> I think that, uh, I mean, to take the conversation, or at least to air my thoughts, mm-hmm. I, we don't have to talk about it, but that's what we do, um, is I think one of the things that we're presuming about their, you know, say there is a meaning of life and that, you know, it exists and all, all that, we, I think that almost everyone assumes it has to be simple. It has to be mm. a simple, elegant, you know, it's the same to bring my physics background into it. You know, there are thousands of physicists who assume that we have some sort of a grand unified theory and when we find it, it's going to explain everything and it's going to be beautiful and elegant and just really Very simple. simple, easy but to understand. Yeah. If, if it's so simple, why haven't we found it? Because I we're mean, idiots. <laughs> I mean, well, I, that, I, I and think, that's an argument. I think in some ways it, we, could, we could say that it would be simple because if it's, if it's an absolute good, because, I mean, if we're oriented toward anything, it might as well be the absolute good. Um, it, there it, is one. <laughs> I mean, if, you if we say, that episode, Josh. <laughs> if we say that there are goods, if there are things that are good, there are things that are value. Mm-hmm. We don't say that they're all of the same value, right? No. And if we don't say that they're all of the same value, then there's a there's different degrees upon a upon a range of values. Mm-hmm. So the measure of value has to come from something more absolute, and so that measure of value has got to be simple because. It is just the it, it's value simply. Well, I don't well, know. If I mean, measure I, is relativistic. I, yeah, well, I can think of I can think of a very complex equation for value that you know the universe could come up with mm-hmm. purely arbitrarily, just like the number pi. I mean, pi is pi not is a very simple number. <laughs> well, then we're talking about mathematical values as well. Oh, I know, I know. Pi is not an equation, but um, but but even the universe even, has come up with some pretty freaking twenty-two sevenths. Equi- 22 okay, yeah is an approximation <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to make every mathematician with an hearing range cringe yeah I'm pretty sure you did <laughs> you're talking about values though that that are inclined straight just as like truth values like or like not truth values but like like truths of maybe math or or something that's that's more oriented toward the intellect uh, what I'm talking about is like value that's more oriented well, toward like the world. can something have an objective value? Yeah, I, I'm still kind of uh, unsure about this whole absolute good thing, you know, whether it needs to determine absolute value. I really, I'm not a fan of value theory that appeals to something outside of us. I think value is purely subjective. 
that everything's we, purely subjective. Well, uh, is, I think is, so. I, I guess Therefore, that, then the meaning of life is purely sub- subjective, and it can mean something very different to me than it means to any of y'all, and that's okay. Arguably. Well, and if you say everything is purely subjective, uh, your opinion could be purely subjective too. So I would have no. That's, that's why I qualified for... it with. At least I think so. <laughs> and anarchy would actually be the, one of the more logical ways of going about Yay! society. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just made Kevin's day right there. I mean, it, it really would. The idea of uh, general human progress toward anything is silly. And my progress is going to be in competition possibly with somebody else's progress. Yes, very much. Um, and, and essentially it rests on decision. Um, but see, th- there's a problem with this. Uh, Only one? Just one? If you, anytime you make a decision, anytime you make a decision, you make a decision based on a value. So whenever you make a decision about value, it's because you value having values. (laughs) Okay? Yeah, I guess. So there's already... Even if you're not consciously... What comes first, decision or value? Well, see, I I have a problem with starting even with value. I usually just roll dice... Yeah, I mean, you can be purely arbitrary with your decisions, or you could you could have no insight into where your from where your decisions arise. Um, certainly, animals make decisions all the time that are not based on value necessarily, but are based purely on their their synaptic structure um, or causes in the world. For instance, um, you're not really making value decisions right. there. But as soon as you make a rational choice. Is any choice ever purely rational, though? <laughs> oh, okay, whenever you make a rational choice. <laughs> if you make a choice with any rationality in it, an actual human act. Yeah. Do you act according to something that you see as true or not? I, I really don't think it's that simple. I think every choice has almost an subjectively, infinite number of causes. Yes, but the problem is it's subjectively. Well, and I, I think another problem is... Um, I need to be somewhere else right now. <laughs> and we have, uh, I think our ideas have pretty much run their course on this show. We've, we've covered some good stuff. We, we certainly have not found the meaning of life, if there is one. Um, we hope that, that you will have better luck than, than us. But, um, you know. But some would argue that the, uh, the meaning is in the search. So. Exactly. So uh, whatever you do, you'll be. So if, if they're if they're right, we've done good today. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we uh, we thank you all for being on the show today, um, Kevin. Thanks for skyping in. We appreciate it. Glad to be here. <laughs> and uh, well, you can follow uh, Kevin Saunders at at uh, Kevson K E V S A U N D. Kevin, I understand you have a shout out to make. <laughs> I have a shout out I would like to make, Stephen. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm without power at the moment. Oh, they have pizza. Sorry, easy distraction. Um, and I was mentioning that uh, I didn't have power and wasn't going to be able to make the show. And another guy that uh, I think, Stephen, you follow him too. Uh, we both follow on Twitter, met via the Jonathan Colton concert a month or so ago, offered his place to me to use since he has power and, and internet. Um, didn't use it, but I wanted to say thanks to uh, Kesmel. Uh, whose name is actually Nathan. I won't give his last name, but he's on Twitter. Uh, so thanks, because you're awesome, even though I didn't use your place. <laughs> well, we thank you know, you may now finish the show, Stephen. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Kevin. And uh, Jed, thanks for being on the show as well. Yeah, certainly. It's uh, always a pleasure. So. He's actually using uh, Matt's headset today, so we should we should thank uh, Matt Legler. Could, yeah, as well. could we? I'll I'll go ahead and do a <laughs> you shout should make out. a shout out. Yes, <laughs> shout out section here at the end of the show. Yeah. So if you'd like to. Uh, Thank Matt for his uh, valuable contribution mm-hmm. because he 
probably won't be here for a while due to some Red Raider orientation action. Yeah, we've got all the freshmen in town. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at uh, at Legmar, L-E-G-M-A-R, and I'll let you go. And well, where can we follow you, Jed? Oh, well, you can follow me at uh, Linux, L-I-N-N-I-X. Cool beans. And uh, Josh, your first time, I'd, I'd say it was very much a success. Yeah, so it was we, fun. We appreciate you being here. Well, thanks for inviting me. Now, you are That's not good. on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. Yet. I'm not on anything. I'm Fail. technologically. Are you on AIM or like. I make no do you progress. Have an ICQ? I make no progress. Do we have. Do we. Do you uh, have <laughs> a shout out or a plug for anything? Oh, <laughs> uh, good gosh. Let's, let me think. All right. If, uh, if the meaning isn't simply an object of pursuit and it's a subject of pursuit, I give a shout out to meaning and ask for uh, <laughs> meaning to come and find me as well. That's Bravo. an abstract shout out. Bravo. Well done, sir. And with that, we will leave you today. Thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. I had my neighborhood recently ravaged by storms, and I'm in a nearby church. <laughs> are, are you are you freeloading off of the church's Wi-Fi? It's my church's Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm a member here. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't that make it God's Wi-Fi? It is God's <laughs> Wi-Fi. I'm getting internet from God. And he, wants, he wants to share it with everybody. <laughs> And life is a mystery. Gotta find my purpose. Gotta find me. Bad Philosophy is brought to you by Skype Out and by Apple. Check out their offers through the affiliate section of our website. I gotta find me. Badphilosophy.com What kind of a patchwork piece of shit is this? <laughs>